Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Daughter of an inventor, Karen Hibbert left her childhood in the country for a career in science in London. There she stayed to raise three children and forge a formidable career in medicine until in 2002 she left to buy a manor house in the village of Southrop. Quickly realising the manor had to pay for itself, time was born. Described as a grown-up elegant hotel all about English country life, time is now not just hotel rooms, but a cookery school, destination spa and even a village pub. In fact, it's a way of life. After a 15-year renovation, Karen has realised her dream of creating a village within a village, establishing the ultra-luxury quintessential Cotswold Retreat. Karen, welcome to your Sherlock's success story. Thank you very much. Let's start with your medical career. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. You had three children. You were living in London. How did you get into medicine and why the change? Well, I went into medicine because, as you said, I come from a scientific family. And in actual fact, my father was involved in the very early development of instrumentation to measure blood pressure. And I used to get involved with that when I came home from school. We set up a little company, which was called Lilcroft Limited, which manufactured the domes to go on the, the very very, very first blood pressure transducers. And I ended up liaising with the professor of physics at Nottingham University, who was also involved with really this pioneering new form of pressure measurement. And that's really what got me interested in doing medicine. So I went through a sort of sideways route because we were very much influenced by maths and physics at home because that's where the pressure measurement came in. But I liked the people side of it, which is why I went into medicine. Yeah. And how long was your career in medicine? Well, I worked until my sort of mid-30s, really, in medicine. I had all children while I was working, uh, trained at Nottingham. And then I worked with the great female surgeon called Anne Jekier, who was a consultant at Nottingham. And she had trained at the Royal Free, which also specialised in women in medicine. And I went from Nottingham to work in London at the Royal Free. And that's when I then started to do the London circuit, worked at Queen Charlotte's and developed my career in Obs and Gynae. And had you always wanted a career? I'm quite driven. And if I start something, I want to finish it. So Uh I want to do things properly. I mean, life is a journey. I mean, you can start out with an idea, but as you get to know it better, you maybe finesse it and move in different directions. So the thing that I enjoyed about medicine more than anything else actually was the people. Medicine is interesting because it's a combination of science, but also it is an art as well. To be a good doctor, I think you need to be able to feel things and get that extra sixth sense to come to the right diagnosis. 
So, Dr. Hotelia, what happened? Well, I I had three children and also my husband had a very sort of full on career. And to be honest with you, I like being a mummy as well. So we had three children quite closely together. And I just found that there was nobody really being a homemaker. And I wanted to be a homemaker and I wanted the children to have a lovely family life. And so I found that, you know, that I didn't have a lot of backup at work. I'd become quite specialised in what I did. And, you know, if one of the children was ill, I couldn't really afford to say, I'm not going to go into work today because I would be letting people down. And I just thought, I'm going to stop and my priority needs to be my family and the children. So I stepped off from my medical career I thought I would go back. But to be honest with you, I felt completely liberated (laughs) because, you know, you don't have to get up and be into work. And I enjoyed being at home and we had a building project in London as well. And actually, I also got involved with a charity called Chase, Children's Hospice Association. And it was the first children's hospice, really. And I began to fundraise for that. We started with little things, but actually, we eventually started to do some quite big events, which involved fashion and food. I realised there was a lot of interesting things things out there that I hadn't been involved with before and I enjoyed. So that's the sort of thing that gave me a taste for, I suppose, hospitality. And so Southrop Manor came on your radar, you were looking for it? I wanted to bring the children up in the country and I always wanted to move out. I love London too, but I did want the children to have a country upbringing. We couldn't agree where to go because we could sort of go anywhere. I mean, my family live in Leicestershire, I loved Norfolk, Jerry grew up in Oxford and I just one day looked in country life and there were about three nice houses and I said well we're going to go and look at these we drove out to the village we saw the house Jerry liked it and we bought it we didn't really plan we were quite spontaneous really and, and, and did you buy it to live in it did you buy it to develop no, we, a business we, no 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 we bought it to live in all honesty in what year 2002. We bought it to come out here, live a simple country life. And then we bought, because it had been split up, so the barns were actually part of the original state, but were being sold separately. So shortly after buying the manor, suddenly all of these huge buildings, which were derelict, came up for sale. And we decided at that point to buy those, not with any plan, really. And that's when we started to renovate it with my father. And we were interested in the architecture of the building as it was a hobby for my dad to do. It also reunited the estate. And meanwhile, you were living in the manor house. So we were living in the manor house. I mean, that in itself was quite a big project. We did move in and I can remember coming up to see it and there were several people bidding for it. So we had to move quite quickly. I thought we'd better look at the roof. So I went crawling around the roof with the people that were showing me around and could see sunlight. And I thought, oh, I don't know, this doesn't look quite right. And I phoned my dad and I said, I think we need a survey on the roof. And he said, don't bother with a survey. Save your money for mend the roof. So that's what we did. And actually, the first night we moved in, Tom woke up with rain coming in onto his bed. So you moved into the house. Mm. Talk to us about the evolution of time. So, of time. so the evolution of time really came in that the last building we restored some cottages we did stables we did some offices and then we did the tithe barn is the most listed building there and we didn't want to split the space and I wanted to do a business that you knew this was a business at this point uh, the whole point was to make these buildings work and that has always been the challenge is to try their working buildings they did have planning permission to turn them into houses but we wanted to 
make them work with the land and so you wanted them to be working buildings at what Mm. point did you say right we're going to open a hotel that's what came first that's well it isn't actually I mean what came first was the cookery school so in that building we did a cookery school and then what happened is that businesses wanted to come down from London and spend the day in the cooking school have a meeting so we thought oh maybe we have some more rooms because we only had about seven rooms so it's a cookery school with rooms but it wasn't a hotel no and we had also bought the village pub at this time and Um, what was the village pub like when you bought it because the village village, pub is lovely the village pub is fabulous I mean it was a difficult building all of the buildings here are very listed so that's the first thing and actually all of these buildings were completely derelict the pub needed a lot of you know investment to make it actually work properly because nobody spent any money on it for a long time so you acquired Um, the pub you had the cookery school you had seven rooms we had some cottages which were people could stay in to do the cookery classes but we did find that bigger groups wanted to come down and so that's when we started to add rooms and as we added rooms we first bought the farmhouse I wanted to then let rooms individually rather than just let it out to groups because all the way from the beginning we'd wanted to have a heart and soul I wanted to have integrity I wanted it to be educational I wanted it to be fun as well I didn't just want it to be event space. So if you let a big house in the country, nothing wrong with it. People come and have a lovely time, but they're not interested in anything other than having a party, really. Whereas I wanted it to be much more than that. I had more ambition for it. And we started to do individual rooms. And to be honest, there is a sort of sweet spot number of rooms that you have to have to make it economically viable. And always these estates were the centre of life. I mean, people had their work there. That's the centre of the community. And it provided jobs. And, you know, so often villages lose their focus and everybody is living and commuting and, you know, on holiday cottages. Again, nothing wrong with that, but, you know, people coming out for the weekend from London. So, I mean, we employ, you know, nearly 100 people now. And hopefully also it's a business that is constructive, you know, to the environment Mm. we're in. That's the challenge, actually. And going back a bit, how did you come up with the name Time, Time. the branding? I know you're very talented artistically, but where did that come from? Because it feels like there's a really clear aesthetic that runs through everything from the paint colours to all the literature around. Yeah, it has evolved organically, that really. And it took a while to actually get to exactly where we are now. And we actually started being Time at Southrop. And I can remember thinking, we're just going to be thyme. And it's a culinary herb, so that's nice. And that worked well with the cookery school. But also it was about taking time, about sort of slightly slowing down, about also slow food was something that's important. And so that's really where the name came from. And we've sort of grown into it, I think. Did you ever have dreams of becoming a hotelier? No, not really. In fact, I would have been scared of that, I think. But what I've done here is me. I love entertaining. I love food. I like a good time. But I also love the countryside. I love the environment and I love nature. And I think it is quite a special place. And actually, we had all of this opportunity here, which didn't actually detract from, you know, we have our own separate space here. We can live here without this impinging on that. So, 
I suppose it's been a privilege to be able to do your dream. And that is what it is, really. And how did you get people here in the early days? I mean, with difficulty. (laughs) I mean, we live in an area where, you know, there are quite a lot of celebrities. So we certainly had, certainly with the pub, you know, Kate Moss was somebody that would come a lot. And we used to get a lot of publicity from that. And I think we were good at what we did, actually. Mm. I mean, I think the Swan has been a really good country pub for a long time. We've owned it since 2005. So I think its reputation grew because of that as well. And I think it is something that has grown organically. So I didn't have the ultimate vision that I have now. But when we started out, I wouldn't have been quite as brave as we've ended up with something that is quite something, I think. And did you have anyone in the industry that you turned to for advice? Have you literally gone with your gut? Well, I mean, I've learned through making mistakes. I have not really looked at anyone else in the industry, actually partly because I didn't have the ambition of owning a hotel. It isn't what I've done. I've wanted to do something that really probably wasn't a hotel. It was more a way of living. And were there other hotels that you looked at at the time? I mean, the UK country hotel scene has just taken off in recent years. Did you see a gap in the market? I mean, there was less competition than there is now. Uh, uh, No, I didn't look at other hotels. And I did think that we've led possibly in doing things in a slightly different way. What is it you think that you do that's different to the others? Have you consciously gone, we're going to feel more like a home? I think it is exactly. It feels more like a home. It's an extension of our home and it's very much also a family business. Was there a moment in the early days when you thought, wow, this is going to take off? You know, was there press that you got or reviews that you got that really sort of gave you this excitement that you were onto something big? I always thought that it had got lots of potential and I've always had a big ambition for it. I think the journey has been hard. And I think often many entrepreneurs will say, you know, it's through naivety you do these things because it's much more difficult than you think it's going to be. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But as you get bigger and your team gets better and you can afford to employ better people, it becomes easier, I think. And have there been pivotal moments throughout the lifetime of time? I think there have, but I think what I have learned is that you have to do its baby steps. You've got to tick one box before you can move on to the next one. You can't run before you can walk. That's what um, I would say. What is it like with such, I mean, there are lots of service businesses, but whoa, I mean, running a hotel, dealing with very demanding customers yeah. who are spending £300 a night. I think lots of people have the dream, don't they, of, oh, I'm going to move to the country, I've got great taste and I'm going to buy 
property and turn yeah. it into a B&B or a hotel or whatever it is. And it is really hard and it's much more difficult than you think it's going to be. Do you know what? I do think it comes through as you build a reputation and I think you need to make sure that what you deliver is what you say you're going to so you don't build expectation and then fail to deliver. I think having a passionate team, I would say that we've got a diverse offering here because there's lots of different parts to the business. I mean, we are not just the hotel. We have got the farm, we have got the gardens, we've got the cookery school. So all of those parts all need to start sort of talking to each other and the sum of all of the parts make it more Mm -hmm. exciting, I think, and more interesting. Going back to customers and Mm. dealing with customers, is there anything in the early days when you thought, that's what we've got to offer our customers, that's what they're going to want from us, that's how we're going to be different? I think it is come back to this home and personal touches and detail. Like um, the honesty you know, bars. The, I mean, I love that you've got a good. few honesty <laughs> bars scattered around. Makes you feel like you're staying, you know, amongst very safe. Yes, um, I think it. I people. think it is about a homely environment, and you know, we do do little things like that. People have a little tipple before they go to bed in their bedroom, which is always a surprise when you come back to the room do after you? So your there's dinner. A little, there's a little, there's a, there's a little tipple of um, you know, a, a liqueur or something that we've made from it's some nice fruit touch. and then we always put hot water bottles in the bed in winter and they're little things do that you I just, love that yeah. what are other little touches that you do that you think are unique to you so we make fudge we make jam we make the liqueurs that go in the bedrooms and I, I think we have a very lovely front of house team that are very passionate about it and they're very proud of it and I think that comes through and um, when you first opened in the early days when mm. it was just a cookery school with rooms mm. and then in the early days of a hotel mm. what was your role at that stage Jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. So I can turn my hand to most things. So from making the beds. <laughs> you've, to, you've made the beds, have you? I've definitely made the beds now and again. <laughs> Try very hard not to nowadays. But yeah. <laughs> Quite no, right. Yeah. And how do you deal with things when they go wrong? Well, actually, I think it's my medical training. I am very calm in a drama and take time to think about what the right thing to do is. But touch wood, I think we have, you know, a smooth running ship now. Although there always are things that can go wrong. Actually, with an experienced team, you can smooth it over. And with your team, what do you expect of them? How do you lead them and inspire them? How do you maintain their loyalty? Well, I mean, it is extremely important that, you know, everybody that works for you, firstly, feels valued they're interested and inspired by their work you give them opportunity I think also as you grow bigger you need to have good team leaders within that team so within all of our departments we have inspirational team leaders let's talk about the rooms they're all completely individual they are everything is very personal here and I wanted it to be about our love of the land and so when people came here Everything we did was thoughtful. So I decided that we would name all of the rooms after different herbs. And we had all of those herbs photographed. And then we decorated each room with the colours of the herbs. And I would choose the herb name carefully because not all herbs do nice things to you. (laughs) So we made sure that we chose ones that were, you know, made you sleep and smell beautiful. And Well, the rooms certainly do all look pretty beautiful. I'm going to say that you didn't open a restaurant straight away. You've got the Tithe Barn where you used to serve breakfast. We had the village pub. Yeah. And did you think it was safer to stick with a pub? Basically, what happened is we took the decision to do individual rooms probably about five years ago. 
and the pub was our restaurant and a very nice one too and we were also good for sort of lovely birthday parties and things like that but an opportunity came up about four years ago we wanted to build more rooms we'd applied for planning permission and the big ox barn restaurant was we did have horses in it and we made the decision that we would have a restaurant site and convert that building and what a triumph it's magnificent it it is (laughs) thank you I mean it surprised us all it is just true truly a magical space. But the beautiful lodge next door, the Georgian rectory in the village came up for sale. And it was, you know, all of these places, they were all meant really to work together. And we looked around and we couldn't believe it, really. It was an opportunity that it was the sort of full stop, really, or the missing piece of the jigsaw, because it linked the swan in and it gave us, you know, enough rooms to be a proper business and to be bold enough to open that restaurant. And the great thing that the Oxbarn does is it gives the opportunity for always before you've either had to book on a cookery class or come and stay to be able to come. But with the Oxbarn this summer, you know, you will be able to just come, have lunch, enjoy, do a little time. bit of shopping because shopping's is the next thing on our list. So we're opening wow. really exciting retail is coming this summer. So it'll be somewhere where you can come and visit for the day as well, oh. uh, just not stay. Del- Ellsford look out. <laughs> so let's talk about the spa. Yeah. That's pretty new as well. Why the spa? Is that something your customers were asking for? You do feel to be a successful country hotel you've got to have a spa offering I think so I mean people absolutely do love a spa and the lodge had this lovely cottage and the swimming pool which was simply perfect for the spa and you know we wanted people to be able to come here and when they come here stay here so we have the restaurants now we have the spa and they can go for walks they can go for bicycle rides they can play tennis they can do yoga they can swim you've Um, got to be able to fit a massage in that day haven't you you I mean when you look at how beautiful it is it would be complete without a spa (laughs) how have you funded all this growth i mean you've got the most incredible Mm. mineral water pool and this magnificent restaurant the spa is it self-funded have you taken investment it is self-funded yes we've had to look carefully at the business plan and make sure that it is going to work properly and a sensible investment and it is a family investment and a family business and it is your son is head chef you said your daughter's recently joined the business third child coming soon well the middle child at the moment is still in the city but i'm sure there might be something that we can think of for him to do in the future but at the moment charlie is my oldest he is their head chef and has opened the Ox Barn. So he's brought up a team of chefs from London that he's been working with in London. So we've got a really young and fabulous team in there. And actually, it was a friend of my daughter's who's come in to head up the front of house in the Ox Barn. And again, we've got a lovely team there. And Charlie has really led the way with the Ox Barn food. And that's his department. So I asked him what it was like working for his mother. He gave you the thumbs up. Did he? <laughs> he did. For people listening who might have dreams of running this kind of business, what are the most profitable bits of the business? Are there bits that you would say, you've got to be doing this, you've got to be doing that? Well, I think I can remember at some point, you know, because we opened the cookery school, 
somebody saying to me, Karen, you really should have a business plan. And I think you have to have a business plan. You have to understand where your money is going to come from. And within this business, the thing that really drives the business is the rooms. So having enough rooms and getting your revenue from the rooms allows you to do the other things, the spa as well, Mm -hmm. to an extent. But actually filling the rooms is key. And you've got 26 with five more on the way. Yeah, we have. Exactly. And talking about the corporate offering, because you've got some amazing spaces here for, I'm thinking, away days and also weddings. You know, how important are those two things? Because I would imagine they're money makers. They are. And they're very important for midweek business. I mean, the one thing that I wanted to make sure we weren't is something that is thought of as a corporate venue of any sort or a venue of any sort, actually, really. A very special Um, treat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But we do do a lot of business work in the week. And those are, you know, companies that want to come out for a sort of board meetings. We have lovely meeting space. People tend to want quite informal, often soft seating. They want to actually go for nice walks, go for a cycle, do a cookery class. We can also offer, because we've got the various different spaces that you can eat as well. If people stay for several days, you know, they can do something different every Mm. evening, which is also nice. Talking about weddings, because I've heard other people in the hotel game say, you know, you do not want to become a one-trick pony and just have wedding after wedding after wedding because, you know, your other guests get pretty cheesed yeah, off and tiptoeing around weddings absolutely. how do you get the balance right to be honest with you i made a decision some time ago that we were not a wedding venue and we do do some weddings but we do smaller weddings that don't completely dominate the space i really want people that are coming to stay to want to be here because of all of the lovely little things we do so i think the important thing for me about time as well is our real love of the land and of nature and when you come here and stay i really really want you to feel close to the seasons, close to the farm. So we've got a very exciting summer programme of all focused around what we do here. So like working with the florist, going down to the cutting garden, learning about cutting garden, learning how to do hand-tied bouquets of flowers. Flowers are seasonal. They've been picked from the farm. And does that draw people in? Does that programme of events, does that really make a difference? Well, I think what it does is it gives things for people to do while they're here that are interesting and engaging. I mean, we've grown vegetables here since the beginning. So we've had a good vegetable garden for a long time time and lots of hotels have vegetable gardens but we have had a vegetable garden right from the start because people really are interested and it's an opportunity to go down you know the restaurant we do supply the restaurant so that the food that you're going to eat has really been picked by the chefs that day in the gardens the vegetables are as fresh as fresh can be and it does taste differently Mm. and you can go down and meet the people that have grown it it is really about our love of the land that makes a difference yeah Yeah. definitely It feels like you've thought of everything, cookery school, spa, pub. I mean, what else is to come? You said retail. I'm hoping that bath and body is in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we've talked about Charlie joining the business, but actually our youngest has also just joined the business to help sort of drive the retail forward. So... Is its own brand? It is going to be own brand. It's very much, you know, time is something that incorporates everything. It is about the land, about the garden, about food, about fashion, about the spa. So we are 
doing tabletop. And I don't know if you've seen, but I started to draw a little bit. And when I we were looking... I've seen a few things. Yeah. So when we were looking to how we were going to brand the menus and things in the Ox Barn, my son said, Mummy, I want to use your drawings. So I said, oh, no, 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 I don't think they're good enough. But anyway, he pinched a few of them and took them down to London and experimented with them and brought them back. And one or two people working here said, we really should use them. And actually, that is what we've done. All our branding is now my drawings. And we've also started to make patterns with those. So when I've seen some lampshades. Yeah, lampshades. We've got tablecloths, napkins, fashion. It's all coming. coming. Yeah, and it's all exciting. Yeah. And can you sort of believe where you are now from let's move out of London and buy a home to, you know, running this dreamy hotel and creating this lifestyle brand? If you knew what you knew now, I I, I think I would definitely do it again. I hope we'd get here a little bit quicker because I would have learned about what not to do, which is just as important. And and um, for people listening, what shouldn't they do? What shouldn't they do? Uh, They should have a business plan. I think that's (laughs) the first thing they should do. Yeah. But going back to my question, you must look around and... No, I mean, I think we have a fabulous platform on which we can now build, which I'm really looking forward to. And it is absolutely wonderful having the children join because they bring such a huge amount, you know, that... Lots of energy. uh, Well, lots of energy and youth and enthusiasm and all of their friends as well, (laughs) which is, you know, I feel so lucky to have them all wanting to come here and be with us at the weekends. Don't take this in the wrong way, but you're not... 25. No. You know, you've got three grown-up children. Yeah. You bought the property in 2002. Yeah. What would you say to women that aren't in their 20s yeah. or 30s thinking about embarking on this kind of business and journey? Well, I think it is tough and I have said, I mean, it is much harder than you think it's going to be. But I do think now we as a business are at the point when I can hopefully just stand a little bit back from the coalface. You know, I've got a fabulous team and I've got a a lovely board that support me as well. And you do need those people around you to support you because often when you're so close to a problem, you can't always see it so clearly as somebody standing back. Mm. I think it is having supporting people around you is important. That said, it's all come from you. It's come from your gut instincts. What, What do you think it is that you've got that has led to all this? I think what we've done here is what I like. It is the things that interest me and the things that I love doing and the way I love entertaining. So I've been lucky enough to be able to do that. And moving forward, I think the opportunity always to have had time as a lifestyle brand has been the ambition. And I think now we're in a in a very exciting place. I think the platform is here for us to do that. And having, as I say, my daughter come and join me on that side is exciting. Someone said to me yesterday, always do something you're passionate about is far yeah. more likely to succeed and clearly yeah. you are passionate about everything you've created thank you so much karen i'm in awe of time of the brand of the hotel of the spa of the interiors it really is thank you the dream thank you so much it's been great chatting to you thank you very much that's it for this week if you enjoyed that then do please rate review subscribe and tell your friends we'll be back soon bye-bye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.